Lord Jesus, you are holy and we are not. So by the power of your word, use what we think in these next few minutes, what I say in these next few minutes to set us free. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. When I was in college, I remember going to an Easter service at at a church where the pastor had invited a lion trainer along with her lion to be part of the service as a sermon illustration. And don't worry, this does not end badly. And the, the, the lion trainer was this tiny little woman, and the lion was just pacing back and forth with a very angry look on its face, or hungry, I don't know which. And, and, and at one point, it just, it, it, it just jotted out, it just sort of lunged at the congregation, of which I was a part, pulling the trainer along with it for about 20 or 25 steps until she finally got control. Now, nobody was hurt, but that was the end of the sermon illustration, and the trainer and the lion left. And I I don't think that was the effect the pastor was going for, because all I remember is that lion. No clue what that sermon was about. (laughs) As a future pastor, I made a note to self, no carnivorous animals in church. (laughs) There's an important lesson in that story. Never put a lion on a leash. It's a bad idea. Problem is, many of us who call ourselves Christians do it all the time. In one of the passages we read today, Jesus is described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. But too often, we, myself included, put the lion on a leash. We defang and declaw him and turn him into a house cat. We don't really let him into our lives. We don't really give him our whole selves so that he can do some changes and set us free. This is the last sermon in a series on breaking free. And ever since January, I have asked you the same exact question every week. What do you want to be free from? Insecurity, a health problem, busyness, worry, a bad habit. I had one person tell me my bondage is I don't know what my bondage is. And that's bondage, sort of meta bondage. (laughs) What do you want to be free from? And do you believe that Jesus can do it? I'm going to ask that again. Do you really believe that Jesus can set you free? Because until we unleash Jesus in our lives, we are never going to be unleashed from our bondage. And we leash Jesus in a whole lot of ways. You know, for starters, we follow him, but, but we do it in moderation. You know, sort of safely, cautiously, carefully. Because we're afraid that people might think we're some kind of fanatics if we don't. Or we're afraid that he might send us to Africa to be missionaries, which he might. Right? But even if he did, we would, we would love it. It would be, for our best, it'd be in our best interest. Another way we lease Jesus is we hang on to the stuff of this world. Comfort, money, reputation. We hang on to those things instead of following Jesus with our whole selves. We say, Jesus, I want to be free from the money worries. Oh, but not if that means giving some of it away to learn to trust you. Jesus, I want to be free from fear. Oh, but not if that means stepping outside my comfort zone. Jesus, I want to live free of the insecurity. Oh, man, but... Not if that means having to face deep wounds with you. And then one of the biggest ways I think that we leash Jesus is we have low expectations for what Jesus can do. And that's what's going on in the passage we read in Zephaniah. The Israelites worship God, but they don't really think that God's going to do much for them. So they also on the side worship the God of the crops, the sun God, the water God. And we do the same thing. We're not really sure. Jesus is just one of many options in our portfolio of faith. 
right, of, what, of the things we trust. We're not really sure he's going to deliver us, so we kind of hedge our bets by turning to money or entertainment or addictions that anesthetize the pain. But you know what? Jesus has this way of breaking out of our low expectations. When I'd been here only a couple of months, I was participating in a Holy Week service here where, where we pastors were anointing people with oil and praying for them. It's a very ancient tradition in the church. And one woman came through my line, and when I put the oil on her forehead, she stiffened up and she started saying very strange things in a very strange voice. So I said, could you just please stand to the side for a minute? And I went and I got rich here, and we took her into the prayer room, and she was still speaking in a very strange voice. So we started to pray, Lord, don't know what, quite what's going on here, but maybe the devil's got some influence here, so Lord, we cast that out in the name of Jesus. We prayed like that for about... 10 minutes, and then her body relaxed. She started speaking in her normal voice. It, whatever it was that was bugging her was gone. She was free. And afterwards, Rich said, well, that was interesting. You know, we've tried to help her in a, num- in a number of different ways, but it's, it's never worked. That's never worked before until that. And I saw her a couple of times after that, and all the times I saw her, she was completely normal, and, and I, I haven't seen her since. And at the time, I'd only been here a couple of months, and I remember thinking, does this happen in this church all the time? Because if it did, that'd be pretty cool. Right? Now, my theology had Jesus in a box. That sort of thing doesn't happen. And maybe some of you are kind of going, what was that about? And I sometimes still wonder what happened there. But I think Jesus got unleashed and set that woman free. Now, I'm not saying if your bondage is busyness, you've got a demon or something like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I think there is more out there than we know. And Jesus can set us free if we'll just unleash him. When Oral Hershiser started pitching for the Dodgers, he was this kind of scared, skinny kid with a, with a funny name. His full name was Oral Leonard Quinton the Fourth. Not a macho name. And he struggled as a pitcher. So one time when his pitching wasn't going very well, Tommy Lasorda went out to the mound and said, Oral, when I look at you, I don't see a scared, skinny kid. I see a bulldog. So from now on, I'm going to call you Bulldog. Hersizer later referred to that Lasorda's talk as the Sermon on the Mound. (laughs) And there was one game, and he went on, you know, he went on to win all kinds of awards and all that. You know him. And, And there was this one game where the Dodgers were playing the Mets, and the Mets pitcher was named Ron Darling. And... And everyone knew that the Dodgers would win because Tommy Lasorda was in the dugout yelling, get him out of there, bulldog. And the, Met, the Mets manager had to yell, throw strikes, darling. <laughs> it's all about what you expect. Right? And Jesus is no darling. He is a bulldog. He is a lion. And he can set us free. And the passages we read today, they all speak of the bondage-breaking power of Jesus. In Luke, Jesus says, I have come to release the captives. In Zephaniah, God says, I will deal with your oppressors. The passage out of Revelation was written to Christians who were being wrapped in pitch and set on fire to light up Nero's orgies. And Jesus freed them all, even the persecuted Christians. Some of them were released from prison, literally. But even when they were killed for their faith, they were calm and they were confident because they knew they were going to live forever with Jesus. Not even death scared them. That's freedom. Plus, whenever there was a martyrdom in a town, conversions to Christianity went up. Contraindicated, don't you think? Oh, getting you killed. Being a Christian will get you killed. Sign me up. 
Right? That's got to be the power of Jesus. Think of some of the stories I've told you since January. A woman who through prayer is cured of rheumatoid arthritis. A young woman or a young man in bondage to insecurity because of wounds from his past is set free from that insecurity through prayer and some Christian friends. Another man who had a sexual addiction that was wrecking his life until one day he took a rock, labeled it as his sexual addiction, said, Jesus, this is yours, and threw it into the Grand Canyon, and he was free of it ever since. Jesus can set us free if we'll unleash, us, unleash him. And not just free from our bondage, but free for things as well. He frees us from worry for a life of confidence. He frees us from the bad habits for a life of wholeness and joy and adventure and hearing the God of the universe speak directly to us. It's not just freedom from, it's freedom for. I met this week with a couple from our church named Jim and Lynn Pelton. And they'd been hearing about the problems in Sierra Leone in Africa where there'd been a terrible civil war. And rebel armies would go into a town and amputate limbs off of innocent men, women, even, even babies. And, and one day Lynn was praying about all of this and she got one of those thoughts that she knew was not her own and it was God who personally said to her, I want you to be a part of how I'm helping people in Sierra Leone. So now Jim and Lynn are working to help the amputees. And on a recent trip, they were at a soccer game where amputees using crutches learned to play soccer. And there was a 19-year-old Muslim boy named Hassan who was just watching from the sidelines. And he noticed Lynn, and he wanted to get a picture, just the two of them. But the problem was other kids kept jumping into the photo. Well, finally he got the picture, and then he said to Lynn, you know what, my parents were killed in the war, so would you please be my mother now? And Lynn started to cry, and, and she took his face in her hands, and she said, absolutely, yes, I will be your mother. So then Lynn took Hassan over to her husband Jim and, and said, honey... I got something to tell you. <laughs> Meet your new son. Which must have been an interesting moment for Jim, especially since about an hour earlier, God had nudged Jim to go talk to Hassan, unbeknownst to Lynn, and he'd already done that, so he already had established a friendship with Hassan. Well, turns out Hassan, one of Hassan's legs was badly infected, and it had been that way for a couple of years, and, and it was causing a lot of pain. So Jim and Lynn said they'd try to get him help, but they didn't know how. Well, the next day, Jim and Lynn just so happened to have an appointment with a medical director of a hospital who just so happened to be an orthopedic surgeon, and he agreed to do the surgery. So then Jim was wondering, well, how am I going to pay for this since he's now my son? And it turns out it only cost $165. And unfortunately, Hassan had to have his leg amputated because it was so badly infected, but it saved his life. And now he's looking forward to joining his friends in single-leg soccer. Currently, he's living with a pastor, he's become a Christian, and Jim and Lynn are helping him get some job training. He even changed his last name to include theirs, Pelton, which for Jim is kind of cool because he doesn't have any sons to carry on his name, so now he does. It's in Africa, but he has it. Lynn said to me, this whole experience has freed me. Freed me, that was the word she used. She said, I don't worry over the stuff I used to worry about anymore. She says, even when our car is broken down for the fifth time somewhere in a jungle, I'm not afraid because I know this is God's plan and I can trust him. On top of that, for years she's had back pain and now she says, I don't even notice it. There's a lot of freedom in that story. Freedom from worry. Freedom from fear. Freedom from being caught up in the stress of the east side. 
But there's also a lot of freedom for. Freedom for really cool adventures. Freedom for saving the life of a Muslim teenager. Free to hear the God of the universe talk to you personally. So what's your bondage? What do you want to be set free from? And do you really believe? Do you really believe? Do you really believe that Jesus can do it? As you came in today, you received a special piece of paper, and it, it dissolves in water. It's paper that dissolves in water. And in a minute, I'm going to invite you to write on that paper what you want to be set free from. Not now. Wait till the end of the sermon. And if you don't want to write the word, you can write a letter or just make a dot that represents what you'd like to be set free from. And, and we all got stuff, right? I mean, my, my issue is going to be trying to fit it all on that little piece of paper, right? We all got stuff. All got shown got stuff. So we all got something we can write on that. And then just for today, we're going to do communion a little differently. Don't worry. It won't be uncomfortable. It'll be fine. You'll be all right, Presbyterians. It's going to be good. There'll be stations all around the room. We're going to do it the way the ancient church did. There'll be stations all around the room. Get up. Go to a station with your piece of paper in your hand. If you're not physically able, someone will come to you. And receive communion as a reminder of God's love for you. And then drop your bondage in one of the pots of water that's near the communion station. And that paper with your bondage written on it will dissolve in a minute or so. And that water can represent the waters of baptism, the waters of Jesus' grace that washes us free of our sins. And just as that paper dissolves in that water, Jesus dissolves the bondage that we're in when we unleash him. And the reason we're going to do it this way is because, you know what, we're physical beings and sometimes the things we do physically, we remember better. I could preach a hundred sermons on how to ride a bike, but you don't really know how to do it until you do it. But once you do it in your body, you remember it forever. Sermons you forget by the time you get to the parking lot. So I've been told. But let this be a visual reminder that Jesus dissolves our chains. And I'm going to ask you to do one more thing today. Only Jesus sets us free. But we have to cooperate with him. So before the sun sets today, before the sun sets today, do one practical thing to cooperate with his Holy Spirit in being set free. For instance, if you have an addiction, call an organization that can help you with that. If it's a sexual addiction, call the number that's in the, in the, the confidential number in the bulletin. If it's a marriage on the rocks and you want free from the problem, not the marriage, free from the problem, maybe you just say to your spouse today, you know what, I don't know how we're going to do it, honey, but I want to have that great marriage God promises us. Maybe it's just to tell a friend what you want freedom from so they can pray for you. Whatever it is, before the sun sets, do one practical thing to set your feet toward freedom, and then tomorrow morning review that and continue on that path. I was talking to a woman from this church a couple of weeks ago whose bondage is fear. And that's made her anxious all of her life, and it's kept her from a lot of really great adventures. And as a retirement present, her husband got a balloon ride, which she was not thrilled with, but she agreed to go. Well, meanwhile, after she'd agreed to go, meanwhile, some of her friends started telling her all the horror stories of balloon accidents they'd heard of. You know, balloons that had drifted off course or injured someone when they landed. I, you know, maybe they would have liked to have shown her old footage of the Hindenburg blowing up, right? Well, finally, the day came... And she was very nervous, but the whole time she kept praying. And she took her thoughts captive by reciting to herself the words of Isaiah 40. They who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. That's a good one for a balloon ride, don't you think? She trusted Jesus. And she had a great time. She told me this whole story with a big, huge smile on her face. Now, I'm sure she's not ready to go out and alligator wrestle or something like that. But she's broken a little more free of the bondage of fear. 
Plus, what a great image. I've heard you soar and free in the air, free of gravity itself. That is what Jesus can do for us if we'll just unleash him. And I know there are some of you, you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed and it seems like nothing has happened. I understand that. I have been in those places myself. But what I learned from those places is that while sometimes freedom happens in an instant, other times freedom is a series of steps. And with each step we take, Jesus frees us a little bit more. Maybe today can be another step for you. And even when the tough things don't go away, God is faithful and he gives us peace and confidence to endure the tough times. And that maybe is the biggest miracle of all. When I was six years old, there was a cartoon on TV called Popeye. Some of you might remember it. Popeye had a girlfriend named Olive Oil who was always running off with his rival Brutus. So some issues there. And Brutus would just beat up on Popeye the whole episode, right? Until at the very end, with his last ounce of strength, Popeye, remember, would eat some spinach and that'd make him super strong and he'd beat up Brutus and get olive oil back. Though why he wanted her, I don't know. (laughs) And right before he'd eat the spinach, he'd always say the same thing. You remember? I've had alls, I can stands, I can't stands no more. Okay, Popeye had some issues. (laughs) Aside from the grammar problem and... He's a mesh codependent relationship with olive oil. Why did he wait until the end of the show to eat the spinach? I just eat the spinach at the beginning and be done with Brutus, right? I mean, whatever bondage you're in, why wait another day to be set free? Eat the spinach now. Unleash the power of Jesus in your life. Because freedom starts when we say, I've had all I can stand, I can't stand no more. I've had it with this fear. I've had it with this bad habit that's wrecking my life. I've had it with this stupid health issue. I've had all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Jesus set me free. Let me go back to the beginning of the sermon. There is a lion in church today. And his name is Jesus. And he's pacing back and forth. And he's got an angry look on his face. But he's not mad at you. You he loves. In fact, not only does he love you, he believes in you. The passage in Zephaniah says, He will rejoice over you with singing. And the word for singing there does not mean a Brahms lullaby. It means, it means a shout with joy. It's like a sporting event. I mean, think how loudly we'd all cheer if the Seahawks won the Super Bowl or, or if the Mariners won the World Series or if the Sonics... Not a good example, but you know what I mean. <laughs> That's how Jesus cheers for you. He believes in you. And He's here right now. And He's angry, but not at you. He's looking at the devil. And He's looking at that bondage He's put you in. And he's thinking, I've had all I can stand, I can't stand no more. He's looking at the way that sin has wrecked your marriage. He's looking at the addictions and chains that you try to give up and you keep coming back again. He's looking at the fear. He's looking at the financial worries. He's looking at the wounds from your past. And he can't stand no more. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is mighty to save. And all you have to do is point to your bondage and look Jesus in the eye and say, sick him. And like a lion, he will tear those chains to shreds. Because when Jesus is on the move, and I believe he is on the move, when Jesus is on the move, sleepy people wake up, lukewarm people warm up, dishonest people fess up, depressed people cheer up, angry people make up, down and out people move up, gossipers shut up, enslaved people free up, soldiers for Jesus stand up. The lion of the tribe of Judah is in our midst, a victorious warrior. He is mighty to save. So let's bring our bondage to Jesus and give the devil a really bad day. Communion.
reminds us 